in your house, wherever you're at. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Come on, let's celebrate the King of kings and the Lord of lords today. We are glad that you're with us in the house of the Lord. The Bible says now in the New Testament, you don't have to go somewhere to go to church. You are the church wherever you're at. Because the Spirit of God in the Old Testament would come into a building. We know the Spirit of God resided in the Ark of the Covenant. But now, in this dispensation, this time, because of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God dwells in you. He'll fill you today and refill you. He'll give you a fresh word. As we've been singing today, how about right now you believe that the rain of the Spirit fall fresh on you? It's a prayer. We see it symbolically with natural rain that would water the nation of Israel and would fertilize crops and bring prosperity to them. Spiritually, the Bible tells us that in the last days, God will pour the Spirit on all flesh. He talks about it, that He'll come to us as the rain. Right there in your home, moms, dads, teenagers, college students, single parents, kids in this crazy situation we're dealing with. I believe you probably need a touch from heaven, the rain of the Spirit that will refresh you give you a God word, reinvigorate strength and confidence in you, perseverance and endurance to believe maybe in the face of hopelessness or disparity this morning. Whatever you're facing with discouragement, whatever you're dealing with, I believe the presence of God can come right now around that computer, around that phone, around that television, and you will have an encounter with God. Come on, do you believe that? Come on, do you believe that? Then come on, let's pray. Before we pray, let me tell you this. The Bible tells a crazy story in the book of Matthew chapter 8. There's a centurion who had a servant that was sick. And he says to Jesus, he says, I don't need you to come to my house. He says, I'm a man under authority. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. This one, come, and he comes. And this man, do this, and he does it. And he tells Jesus, all you have to do is speak the word, and my servant will be healed. Come on, today, right, right now, right now as we pray, let's believe God as I pray that the word of God is going to intercept you right there in your situation. Do you believe that? I believe you do. So come on, you can bow your head and pray. You can lift your eyes and pray. I'm going to look right at you as I pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And we're so grateful for the name that's above every name. The name that nations will bow their knees. The name, the name that heaven responds. The name that's above every name. We pray and ask you, Father, in your name that you would minister and bring the very real presence, the refreshing, the anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit to every single person listening, whether it's live 
But whether it's a podcast or whether it's weeks or months from now, the power of your word knows no limit. And so now, just like that centurion said to you, Jesus, just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Father, we pray and we speak healing physically over every body that's sick, over every disease, over every infirmity, over every pain, over every symptom. We say the name of Jesus is greater. Over lack and poverty, over situations where there's been people that have lost their jobs tonight and this morning, and whenever you're listening, we pray and release the word of God to you and say, God will be faithful to you. His presence reassuring you right now in the midst of natural uncertainty. Every single mom, single dad, and is stressing with their children. We speak peace to your household. We speak peace anxiety to lift, the burden of that to be gone and lifted in your life. Father, we pray for business owners that don't know what they're going to do right now. We pray for help. We pray for meeting their need. We pray for insight. Give them wisdom on how to handle this season. Favor. We ask you for favor. Come on, pray that right now. We ask you for favor. Favor does things for you that you can't do by yourself. The favor of God. We believe for divine favor. I want to pray for your kids right now. And college students want to pray for you. Father, we pray for our young ones in school. Crazy time for them. So, Father, we just speak to them that they're going to be able to do the work they need to do. Every grade school student, junior high student, high school student, and college student, online classes that they're not accustomed to, Father, you're going to give them a quick mind, a readiness to be able to receive the knowledge they need and be able to then... Regurgitate it, if you will, dispense it on tests and be able to know what's happening. Divine wisdom coming to our little ones, our children, our teenagers, our college students is what we pray. Lord God, we're going to see you, and we have seen you in this time, in this season, like none other. And to you be all the glory and the praise. Come on, somebody out there, say it. Y'all help me in Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen and amen. Come on, glad you all are with us today. We're going to jump right into the message this morning. We are so excited about bringing to you a new series. I've had this burning in my heart for the last several weeks. Really kind of thought I was going to go in a different direction but we're going to go in this direction tonight. We're going to be here for about three weeks. Here's our title. We're going to talk about for the next several weeks is finding, finding strength in the struggle. Come on. While you're chatting, while you're on YouTube, while you're doing that, why don't you just go ahead tonight and let us know you're hearing. Let us know you love the worship. Let us know what's happening. We love to hear from you. Finding strength in 
the struggle. For you that have been in church, you're going to understand the story. You're going to understand what we've done and how we've talked about this many, many times before. The story won't be unfamiliar to you. Or if you're new to church, you've probably heard a little bit about this story before. We're really going to talk about when the nation of Israel was going into the land of promise. This is the land that God had allotted for them. And, and there's all kind of nuances before they actually got into the land of promise. Uh, they had been in bondage for 450. 30 years. It had been a long time before they got out, but when they came, when they got out, they still had to have some things to overcome. That's going to be the same way for your life. Even after the COVID-19 thing is lifted and we're back going to work and everything they say is changing. It has changed the way we're communicating, changing the way we're doing life and doing business. Uh, and it, it might be similar to what these men and women were experiencing in the book of Numbers chapter 13. If you got a Bible there, you got a phone there, uh, open it up and follow along with us with some of these scriptures. I think you're going to be able to bookmark them and, and it's really going to help you. Uh, the story in Numbers chapter 13 really begins that, that God had a plan for the nation of Israel and the plan was to go into the land of promise. And before they actually got there, God says, here's what I want you to do, Moses. Choose 12 leaders from these 12 tribes of Israel and, and tell them to go into the land and spy out the land. Check out what the land was all about. Again, don't miss that part. God said, Choose these 12 leaders. They weren't just guys in the backside, you know, somewhere bumping along. These guys, these men were leaders of their tribes. These men were known men, respected men, honored men, seasoned men, we could say. And God tells them, told Moses, choose these 12. Tell them to go into the land that I am giving you. Don't miss that point. God told them already, I am giving you this land. And that's just like us in life, that God has given us, uh, we could say, he's given us an inheritance, a spiritual inheritance. And there's so many times, if it's, if it's peace or if it's joy or whatever it is, if it's provision in our life, and we come up against obstacles that are telling us this is not so. It makes no difference what God says. Look at what this says. This is exactly what's going to happen with these 12 men. Even though they had a word of God, there was going to be opposition. Come on, talk to me back a little bit. There's going to be some opposition in your life. We, we don't need to get nervous about opposition. We need to, re, we need to position ourselves to embrace opposition because every day, whether you want it or not, opposition is going to come your way. Let me read you the, score, the story. We'll skip around to a couple verses. I think it's going to help you today as we read. Numbers 13, verse 18 God then tells them, Moses is speaking to God, you know, Moses has got this word from God, and he, Moses is then telling these 12 men what to do when they go into the land. Here's what he says. See what the land is like, and find out whether the people living in it there are strong or weak, few or many. See what kind of land they live in. Is it good or is it bad? Do their towns have walls, or are they unprotected like open camps? Is the soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crops you see. Uh, these are these 12 spies. These are these 12 leaders, and, and they go out to the land. And if you read the story, the back story, they're there for 40 days, and then they wind up 
getting some, uh, a cluster of grapes and put it on a pole and, and then they bring it back and, and they come and they gather all the people together. And, and you can imagine uh, that there were some, you know, theologians believe that there was between two to three, upwards maybe of six million uh, Israelis at this time, a lot of people. And, and these 12 went into the land to see what the land was like. And, and they, can you imagine the joy? Can you imagine the, the festivities that they see them on the horizon and they're coming back and they get closer and closer to where they are and, the, and all of a sudden the word is just spreading through the camp quicker and quicker till, till it comes to where Moses is and, and the other leaders that are there and they bring them a report of what they saw in the land. Here's what they say in verse 26. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We enter the land that you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. They, they had that huge pole with, with these cluster of grapes that was things that they've never seen before. Then he says something. We don't even know the speaker's name. We don't even know who said this. This was one evidently chosen of the, of the 12, and, and they start speaking for these other men. Here's the produce. Here's the grapes. It's, it's a land flowing with milk and, milk and honey, just, just like you said, Moses. But, verse 28, the man says, the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. I, I can't imagine what was going on during that time in, in, in the life of the people that were there. Uh, not, not just these 12 that had already processed what was going on. They went into the land, they spied it out for 40 days, and, and they saw the people, they saw the land, they saw the produce, they saw trees, they saw cities that were fortified, and they also saw giants. And, and somehow, someway, we don't know if it was on day 7, day 27, or day 37, but they gather that information, they process that themselves, and then they come back to where they were living, their camp, with all the rest and the millions of people, and then tell everybody what they experienced. And at that time, at that point, you could just feel the air leave the room. The people were so excited that God was actually giving them the land. And, and they were excited, I'm sure, that these men were going to come back and tell them, the land is no problem. We're going to go and it's going to be easy. There's not going to be any issue with us doing what God's called us to do. <laughs> but that's not what they said. And can I tell you, that's just not life. It's not life. It's not going to be your life. It sure hasn't been my life. There's going to be things that we see that God wants us to do, places or territory, if you will, God wants us to receive, <laughs> but there's always going to be opposition to that. Come on, you're going to have to learn how to find strength in the struggle. I find it kind of interesting, this thought, I want to give it to you, that God was okay with them seeing something that didn't agree with what they thought. I think that's pretty powerful to, to just stare that down for a second and look at that. God was okay with them seeing something. That means giants and walled cities 
that they didn't, they, they, they didn't, didn't agree with what God was going to do. You know, in your mind, like, like you think, I'm going to get the job and everything's going to be great. Everybody's going to love me. I, I'm going to move up from this salary and in six months I'm going I'm to get a 10% raise and I'm going to be running this place pretty quick. Uh, but you've been there for eight years and you haven't moved up yet. But you know that you heard God to take the job. You know that you, you, you heard God and, and you started a family, but, but now you've got some struggles or, or your, your children are, are teenagers and it's not turning out quite like what maybe, maybe you thought. God was okay with them seeing something that didn't agree with what they thought. And I think that's just like God. God is higher than your thought. <laughs> He's higher than my thought. And he wants us to consistently... Let our mind be renewed to the way he thinks, even in the face of fortified cities, walled cities, and giants that you and I face every single day. Again, God says, this is your land. This is the promise that I have for you. It's kind of interesting, again, that God didn't hide the giants from them. He didn't hide the giants from them, and God will never hide giants from you. He will allow you to see giants. He will allow you to see difficulty. He will allow us to go through a season like we're in that we've never been in before. Not to harm us, but maybe, as we'll find out in this series, maybe to prove what you and I are really trusting. God wants you to find strength in the middle of the struggle. So finding strength in the middle of the struggle doesn't mean the struggle isn't real. What they saw was real. The cities were real. They weren't a mirage. The giant was real. It wasn't, it wasn't an apparition. It was real. The fortified city. What, what you're dealing with as a family, what you're dealing with as a person. <laughs> maybe a loss of job or maybe a health scare, maybe something economically. Whatever it is, it's real. We know that the coronavirus is real. Worldwide economic downturn, it's real. Job loss is real. It's real. We cannot say it's not real. God doesn't hide that from us. He says, now what are you going to do in the middle of it? What are you going to believe in the middle of it? Will you believe this land, these 12 men, is yours? Will you believe, church, that the promises I have made are still yours, even in the midst of the current situation we're all dealing with? Will you believe that? That is the question you and I have to consistently, consistently ask. When, when these men or whenever this man was actually telling uh, Moses and, and everybody that was listening what was going on and the fruit and, and the report that they had and, and, and what he was giving, when, 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 that, when that was going on, everything was okay. Everything seemed to be okay until he used the word but. When he said but, the people there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. But when you read what Moses told them to discover, he said, let me know about that. Let me know if there's fortified cities or they live in tents. Let me know if the people are weak or if they're strong. It did not matter what the people were like. It mattered what God said. Tonight... <laughs> Whenever you're listening to this, in the morning, at a lunch break, wherever you're listening, let the word resonate in you. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It only matters what God said. 
Shout amen out there in your house. Man, we know all throughout Scripture that faith in God and faith in the Word of God supersedes anything that comes to you and me. It has the power to change and alter you, alter your thought, alter your current situation. It might not remove giants overnight, but it will remove any giant in your life. Again, it didn't matter what was happening in them, with them. It was, it, it, what mattered was how much were they actually going to believe the word of God. And I find it kind of interesting, again, if you know the story a little bit, when Moses came on the scene, and we know the Ten Commandments, or excuse me, the Ten Plagues, and, and they came out of Israel. The Red Sea was that last one. Pharaoh's army was, was drowned in the Red Sea, and they came out free men and women, free from the bondage of Egypt. They had been in bondage for 430 years. Even though they were out from Pharaoh's rule, they were not out from Pharaoh's thought. And you can be out of the country and you can be out of the situation. And listen to me, COVID-19, economic 19 can be a thing of the past. Everything can kind of go back to normal, meaning uh, it's done. There's, there's, come on, we've got a vaccine and, and everybody's working again and kids are back in school and, and, and you're not in quarantine. But, but somehow, some way, the fear of it coming back into your life can be real just like it was real in these men and women. They were out of Egypt, like a brother said before, but Egypt wasn't out of them. What's working in you? What's working against the plan of God in your life? Are you dealing with situations on a daily basis where you're saying, I'm going to find strength in the struggle. I'm not going to let the struggle overcome me. I'm going to realize who God is and what he's told me to do, and I'm going to rise up during this time that I have, and I'm going to regain or I'm going to gain my strength. Come on, somebody needs to jump up on a couch right now. Man, I, I, I always ask myself this question when I read this, because again, time after time, what led up to this episode was really quite staggering. A question I might ask is that, when did Israel ever fight a battle without God's help and win? <laughs> the answer is never. What, what were these guys thinking then about these giants? They didn't open the Red Sea. They didn't defeat Pharaoh. They didn't provide manna and food for them and their family. They didn't get water out of the rock. They didn't bring in quail and fed them all that time. Listen, they didn't do any of it. So why do they get to this point? Why do they get to this moment and all of a sudden it just completely flips? The script flips on them. When you read you know, chapters before this, you find out that there is a slow erosion of their belief in following Moses and following God's word. So, so let me challenge you today that, that during this season, this is a time, listen, to dig deep. This is a time as, as over in the book of Genesis where God really instructed uh, Abraham and he did it. He re-dug wells. He dug wells and then Isaac, his son, re-dug the wells of his father. This is a time to re-dig the wells that were once flowing. If you were once on fire, this is a time to refire yourself. Come on, get hot again. If, if this is a time that you're battling with something, this is a time that you dig in and start getting some help. This is the time. Use this season wisely. You can find strength right now, right now, in the middle of any struggle that you're dealing with. 
Well, again, I think that we think that somehow we've got to bring our ability to the table. We've got to to bring ourselves and our own strength to the table. And that is just counter to anything that the Word of God says. The only thing we have to do, guys, is that we have to believe that God can do what God said he can do. Wave your hand out there. (laughs) God's not saying you have to make it come to pass. All you got to do is believe that he can. You don't have to make anything come to pass. You just have to believe that he can. So the struggle you're facing, the issue you're facing, really might be revealing what thoughts I've been thinking, what's, what's hanging on to my heart that's penetrating my heart and drawing me away from the very purpose and the very plan that God has for my life. Finding strength in the struggle means you don't have to do it in your own strength. You don't have to do any of this in your own strength. God's grace is enough. His word is all-powerful. His presence in your life can change you. His favor can come into a situation and completely rearrange what has been an order, what has been set, as we mentioned a moment ago, for 430 years. He can come on the scene and he can make things happen quick. If you will just not rely on your own strength, say that this is the way it's always been, this isn't going to change, or we get our eyes off of God and off of his word of God and on our problems or the giants or the walled cities or what hasn't maybe fallen in your life. Again, we have story after story in the scriptures. Like, for instance, when these, these people came to, came to Jericho, the nation of Israel, and God told them, I got a plan how those walls are going to fall down. I, I believe this stuff. Maybe, maybe you're, you're at home and, or you're on your phone and you're drinking a coffee and, and, and you're, you're kind of looking at me cockeyed sideways. I, I believe this stuff in the Bible. In, in the book of Joshua, God gave these guys a plan. He said, walk around the city once a day for six days. On the seventh day, walk around it seven times. And I'm going to blow a trumpet. When you guys blow a trumpet and shout, I'm going to bring those walls down. <laughs> I don't know if what you, you would have been on day one walking around like, why are we doing this, you know? God actually told Moses, tell the people, don't say nothing. Don't be saying nothing. Don't be talking. Don't be talking doubt and negativity and fear and worry and uncertainty. Don't say nothing. Just march. Maybe that's a word for somebody tonight, today, wherever you're at, whenever you're viewing. Come on, just march. I'm just going to march. I'm just going to walk. I'm just going to keep going. I'm not going to open my mouth negatively. I'm just going to believe God. I'm going to trust God. And they walked around once. Nothing happened, right? Walked around the second day once. Nothing happens. The sixth day, nothing happens. But the seventh day, seven times around that city, and they blow those trumpets, and the wall falls down flat. How? How does that happen? How can that happen? Because when you obey God, God comes to make things that are natural change because of his supernatural power. All you have to do is believe and then act on God's word. He doesn't need your strength. He just needs your availability, we could say. Uh, There's a scripture in the book of Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. The apostle Paul says something amazing. He says this, for a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Come on, put that in the chat. There are many adversaries. Uh, Adversaries shouldn't surprise us. 
Again, I think we're caught off guard, even like right now in the season we're all in. That this adversarial relationship, this adversarial situation, this adversarial attack that's on us and on the world, you know, that we think we're alarmed. Like, how could this happen? Well, when you know the enemy, maybe you're not caught off guard so much. We shouldn't be surprised. The Apostle Paul says there's two things that will always happen in your life, an open door and lots of enemies, lots of adversaries. Don't be alarmed. I'd like to say it this way. If there were no adversaries, there would be no overcoming. (laughs) A great door, an effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. The effective door was going to be a door to overcome, a door to walk through, a door, Paul was saying, for the gospel to go to new lands and new places and and, and people to be saved and people to be completely transformed. And and this open door would would open up a nation and open up a, a, a new speaking group of people that were ethnically divided from the gospel that was just a Jewish gospel for years. But now the nation was going to open up and yet in the middle of it all, there was going to be great opposition, lots of adversaries, lots of things to overcome. But all these opportunities that, that might come into your way right now in, in the situation that we're in and, and the time that we're an opportunity for you to work on your marriage, an opportunity, an opportunity for you to work on your health, an opportunity for you to work on your mind, an opportunity for you maybe to take an online course, and an opportunity for you to spend time with your family, an opportunity to heal wounds, an opportunity to reach out to people that are far away from you and through maybe Zoom and FaceTime and opportunity in time that's right now. And the adversary might be, (laughs) you just don't want to do it. You're just not motivated. I'm encouraging you to find strength in the struggle right now and to believe and to do and be who God has called you to be right now. Uh, it's interesting that, that when we go back to the story, is that out of these 12 spies from these 12 leaders from these 12 tribes, uh, th- there was one guy that spouts up and he speaks up. And I, I just like to say it this way. I, I kind of read it this way. His name's Caleb. And I would say that he kind of like just loses his mind. Whoever it was, one of the 12 that started speaking and said, man, here's the produce, here's the land, uh, it, it, it's fertile, um, wow, there, but there's walled cities and, and there's giants there and, and they're powerful and, and the, the cities are large and fortified and, and man, the, the sons of Anak and the, these people will just really terrorize us and we, we can't do this. We're going to find out they start saying, but there, there's a guy and I, 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 I don't know if you've ever been in that room. Maybe, maybe you've been in those rooms in those situations where, where, where come on, Debbie downers there and and just all of a sudden the the negativity starts going and the creativity kind of sucks out of the room and and all the we can't, we're never going to do it Uh, come on, we're too old, we're too slow, we don't have enough money come on, we tried that before, it'll never work and all of a sudden everybody's creativity, everybody's everybody's belief in what we could do maybe as a team, as a church as a family, uh, as a corporation all of a sudden it just, just leaves the room and it gets sucked out by the proverbial Debbie Downer. That's what was going on here. And Caleb, this guy who's heard it all, he just kind of gets tired. And he just quiets the people, Numbers 13.30, it says. He quiets the people before Moses. Notice Moses is there. One thing I think is really interesting. Let me just take a time out here. 
while all that brother is saying what he said, Moses is saying nothing. And when Caleb says what Caleb is getting ready to say, Moses is saying nothing. Uh, to me, it seems a whole lot like God. Letting you and me play out and say what's really in our heart. What you have been saying is what you have been believing. What you've been saying about this situation, what you've been saying about yourself, what you've been saying about life during this season is because that is what you're really believing. And what you're saying can become as real and is as real as these physical giants that these men were facing. So Caleb, my phrase, loses his mind. And he quiets the people down before Moses. And he says this in verse 30. Let us go up at once and take possession. For we are well able to overcome it. Uh, come on, right there in your house, can you look at your friend? Can you look at yourself? Come on, can you tap your dog and just say, we are well able to overcome. Come on, we are well able to overcome. We're going we're gonna to overcome this situation. We're going to overcome it. Uh, so Caleb says something interesting, though, that we are well able to overcome it. But I like what he says about the timeline. He says this, let us go up at once. Let's leave this situation right now. Hey, if you're going to start losing weight, put those chips down right now. Hey, if, if you're going to change your habit, let's change it right now. If you're going to make, come on, if you're going to do something, let's get the day timer out. Let's plan. Come on, Sunday now. If you're listening on Sunday, come on, Monday, let's start something Monday. When are you going to do and attack that giant in your life? You're going to find strength in the struggle, if you do it now. I think it's important that when you do something can be as important as what you do. Not just what you do, that's real important, but, but when are you going to do what God wants you to do? When are you going to look at that giant that's been talking to you day after day and saying your marriage is never going to be healed. Your kids are always going to be this way. Your body will always be this way. Your mind will always be this way. That depression will always be there. That anxiety will always be there. That worry will always be there. Those thoughts will always be there. You will never overcome this. When will you get tired of that and attack that giant? Caleb says, let us go up. At once. I hope that's resonated with many of you this morning. Caleb's conviction, I believe, of who God was, his conviction of who God was, caused him to have a bold confession of what God would do. Again, his conviction, his conviction of who God was, then caused him in the middle of, of this crazy situation to say something and be bold about who God really was. To, Come on, right now, in your home, 
Let something be stirring in you. Maybe, maybe you can't let it come out of your mouth. Maybe you, can, maybe you can start muttering something. Come on. Maybe you can text something. Maybe you can chat something right now. I'm going to change. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to trust God. Come on. Text that. Chat that. Let something come out of your fingers maybe before it comes out of your mouth. But I believe there's going to be something that releases from your mouth to say, I'm not going to let this situation beat me. I'm not going to stay in the struggle. I am going to find the strength of Almighty God to get me and my family to the other side. I believe that. Listen, what you say in the struggle, what you say in the struggle reveals what you believe about the struggle. We all find ourselves, listen, not on the mountaintop experiences, but we find ourselves in the valley experiences of life. And now in our culture, now in our community, now in the world, we're really living, we could say, in a valley experience. A time where, where there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of uncertainty. You need to rise up and say something bold and declare what God will do for you right now. One of the 12 spies says, there's giants, there's all these situations. Caleb quiets the people and says, let's go up at once. We're, we're, well, able, we're well able to overcome these, these giants. But the plot doesn't stop there. The end of the story reads out this way in verse 31. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. How many know the majority is always going to disagree with somebody who believes they can? They said, we can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread a bad report about the land among the Israelites. These other men, these other men, maybe they'd known them all their lives, and they then started agreeing together. We cannot do what you say we can do, Caleb. It's impossible. If you read the story, the rest of the story, I encourage you to do it this week. Every one of the people who spoke got exactly what they said, what they believed. Caleb and another friend who, who, who was Joshua, uh, they actually went into the land of promise and they lived and they, they made it. It took them 40 years, <laughs> but they made it to the other side. They, they made it through there. And these other men, these other 10 spies and millions of other Israelis actually died in the wilderness. They, they didn't get to enjoy the land of promise, even though it was promise. And, and how, 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 how tragic. That, that we could be promised a great inheritance by God and never enjoy it. And we never see it because of giants, because of walled cities, because of, we just won't believe. We, we're in a struggle and the struggles overcome us and we haven't learned how to gain strength. I know this, and you probably do too, bad news, man, bad news just travels fast and good news just spreads slow. It's just so easy, isn't it, to grow weeds? Just easy. Just right now with all the rain and situation, just see weeds everywhere. Where'd they come from? It's just easy. Weeds in our head. Whatever you've been sowing, it's growing right now. It's just growing. Whatever you've been sowing, whatever you've been planting, it's growing right now. It's growing. My question, though, as we close this morning, is this. We've got these 12 leaders, and they, they were, man, we would say they're the who's who. They're, they're the top of the class. They're, they're 
aged wise men. What, how come out of all those 12, only two, jo Joshua isn't mentioned here, but he was right there with Caleb. But Caleb, how come this brother, man, how come this brother had something that these other guys didn't have? What, what, how? Is that the way it is? Is it, is it we could say, is it like 10%? Only 10% of the people really kind of got it? I hope you're one of them. But, but the scripture really kind of reveals something, I think, eye-opening. We'll close here this morning. We'll pick it up again next week as we continue this series. In, in Numbers 14, 24, we have insight into Caleb's life. Just, just a snippet. I'm going to read it to you. Moses says this, But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit. Come on, chat that, say that, look at your friend, a different spirit, a different spirit. He had a different spirit and he follows me wholeheartedly. I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Wow, what a phenomenal scripture. This tells me why he did what he did because it tells me who he was. And who he was wasn't just for Caleb. It's for every mom and dad. It's for every senior citizen. It's for every high school student, college student listening. You can be just like Caleb. Caleb had another spirit or a different spirit. Every translation just says that. A different spirit or another spirit. What I find interesting is that Caleb, we could say, found strength in the struggle because he had something in him before the struggle began. This, this is written after the fact but Moses is saying this about the event that was in the man that day. The reason that he went into that land and he saw the same thing everybody saw. And he felt the same thing everybody felt. And he experienced the same thing everybody experienced. I'm sure as Caleb looked at those fortified cities, he was thinking, Somehow, some way, my God, are we going to be able to do this? Are we going to be able to take these cities? When he saw the giants, I guarantee you, he said, my God, how are we going to be able to kill these men? But somehow in him, he overcame those thoughts. You have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside you. You that have made Jesus the Lord of your life have the power of the Savior, the resurrection that we celebrated last week. The same power that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. You've got power to overcome every thought, every feeling, every emotion. The struggle 
that you're dealing with. I find it interesting is that Caleb's name actually means wholehearted. That's what his name means. And Moses says, this man has followed me and follows the word of God wholeheartedly. And he's going to enter that land. He's going to, not only just for himself, he's going to go into the land of promise. And it's going to be for him and his descendants. His descendants. And so somebody said that, I think it was Abraham Lincoln, he said the battle for today isn't only for today, but for a bright future tomorrow. The battle you're facing right now, what we all are facing, but the inner battle, the fear, the worry, the uncertainty, the anxiety that you are facing right now, that battle is not just about today. It's about what you're going to be and who you're going to be and your children and your children's children tomorrow, 10 years, 20 years from now. That seed can stay in you and grow that drives you away from God and His plan. Or the seed can be uprooted and you can fight and you can gain strength in this time and you can choose to wholeheartedly follow God and every giant that rises up in you in my life you will have the power to defeat I want to pray for you and your family that you would be just like Caleb that you would turn your face away from whatever is talking to you and taunting you and lying to you and causing anxious thoughts and worry or fear that you would say I'm going to turn from the giant I'm, gonna, I'm not going to deny the giants I feel that, that's there the loss of job, it's there it's real but I'm not going to allow it to have dominion over me I choose to wholeheartedly follow God tonight no matter where you're at if you're viewing in the evening if you're viewing in the morning we have people that are watching this YouTube or live stream all kinds of times wherever you're at if you're with some friends or if you're by yourself right there right now I'm asking you to make a commitment that you will not allow this giant to stay in your life and the obstacles to run you away from the very plan and the presence of God. Come on, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for an amazing, amazing service. We've sensed your presence, your reign of your presence has fallen fresh on us. Father, tonight, this morning, whenever we're watching this broadcast, we pray that your spirit will break through and break into every heart and every life. We are asking you, Almighty God, to be a very present help in a time of trouble. We pray that your spirit would rise up within every believer. And that during this great struggle that many people are going through, 
it will be a time of great strength. We pray that in the name of Jesus. I want to pray for everybody listening this morning. You've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life or you're away from God. Maybe you've been in church before. Maybe this whole COVID-19 thing and loss of job and economic situations has really grabbed your attention. And maybe you just say, I can't wait for church to get back. I'm going to come back to church. I, I hope that's your, your testimony. But before church is open, the physical locations, come on. How many know you can make a decision right now, right there in your chair, right there in your car, wherever you're listening. You can make a decision right now to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. If you're away, if you've made some crazy choices and maybe you're involved in some things right now you're not proud of, but tonight, this morning, whenever you're listening, your heart's beating, something's happening, you just say, I know I need to turn. I, I know I need a fresh start. God's going to be there right for you. He's not going to leave you. He's going to meet you right there. He's looking for you. God's running towards you. Will you just stop and turn toward Him? Come to Him. That's what this prayer is going to say. So wherever you're at, if you're here in church, we say a prayer out loud. That's what we do. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I'm asking you to, as I pause after